Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Episode 64 of the Talk and Power podcast. I am Nick DeCembre and I'm with co-host Simon Gonzo Travellini and also other other co-host Todd Brinkworth. Welcome back. We're all back together, guys. Yeah, we are. Yeah, the band's on, on, back. On, yeah, the band <laughs> is back together on yeah. 88.5, where the valley comes alive. That's right. So we're broadcasting through 88.5 FM and also uh, Podbean, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean. You said that one, I think. Okay, and our website, so you can get us there. Hey, first things, before we kick off, need to congratulate this man over here and his wife, Nicole, on their birth of their second son. I don't know why everyone's congratulating me. I had really very little to do with it. You had 50%. My wife. My wife. No, no, no. I didn't have to carry it around for 10 months. That's... <laughs> anyway, congratulations. Uh, much oh, appreciated. we've got sound effects now. Nick stepped that up. Yeah, Is that up. rain or clapping? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> thanks, Nick. Thanks. Um, it's it's uh, yeah. It's it's a definite game changer. It is. I know. I know. I know. So you're hearing lots of this at the moment. Nah, not really. Okay. <laughs> it's it's more like. Oh, geez, I'm having fun as the button monkey tonight, <laughs> yeah. aren't I? Every two hours. Every, <laughs> Every two, two hours. hours? Every two hours. Okay, so everything going well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all, yeah good. all good. good. Um, Nicole had to have some surgery because she had a hernia, mm-hmm. which I suspect was caused by Nicholas, mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> who is nearly 90 centimetres tall. Wow. He's not Jeez. even a year and a half old. Wow. <laughs> he's such a big kid. Yeah. He's not just tall, he's big. So, um, and you know what? He is incredibly uh, talented with a soccer ball. Mm. Yeah, okay. I can't believe a 17-month can dribble a ball better than me. <laughs> so he has a destiny in soccer. That's good, oh, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, I was hoping AFL. Yeah, that's all right. I and mean, being a big soccer's... guy in soccer is not really an advantage. No, goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah. always need big boys He'll probably goalkeeper. be able to touch the top bar without yeah. even trying. He was born tall, I remember. So yeah, he was fifty-three centimeters when mm. he was born. Yeah. So um, they say that if you double their height when they're two, that's how tall they're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, yeah, we'll see how tall he is when well, he's, he's two. on track to be over six foot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So um, a lot of my friends have been saying, you know, AFL basketball mm. man, forty mm. million, eighty million, hundred million. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yep. Speaking of big bucks, George, George, George. <laughs> he's he's having a Cuban right now as we speak yeah. on the Maldives. All right, so we had the uh, MotoGP from Germany. Yeah, two of them actually. We've had two since two, our last two, podcast from Germany. Well, the first one was Assen, and then Germany as well. Which so one do you want to cover first? We'll go over Assen first because it was great to see because <laughs> it was uh, a good outcome. It was yeah. a good outcome. It was the Yamaha's fight back, and not just the factory Yamaha, but also the satellite Yamaha of uh, Fabio Quattararo. Really good to see him come back. Had some delivery of power issues, I would call it. Um, but it was really good to see I, him. Do you think that that's what it was? I don't know. 
don't know, but it looked every time he come onto that back straight, he had an awful wobble in the bike. Yeah. But you said it might have been something else, like a dampener on the front. Uh, it it looked like something like that, but I don't I don't I doubt very much that that's what it would have been because they would have said something at some stage or another about it. Mm. Um, you almost got to wonder with all this new carbon whether there's a harmonic in the frame. Yeah. So, you know, when you grab a ruler and you flick it and it, and it goes, whoa, 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 whoa. well, if you picture that he comes on, he loads the swing arm and that, that sort of harmonic goes through the frame. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. I'm sure the engineers will be looking at it, trying to figure it out because at, at the German GP, you could see that there was, it was better, mm. but it was still there. Yeah, it was still there, definitely. You yeah. know? Yeah. So, um, but I'll tell you what, the... Um, the switchback through there, the S's, mm-hmm. um, definitely Yamaha had everyone covered yeah. through there. Yeah. So you'd have to argue that right now, if you looked at all the bikes, you know, everyone has talked about Ducati being the, the most powerful uh, for, well, three seasons now at least. Mm. Even before they used to talk about the top speed. Um, I, I would argue that the Honda is probably the most powerful there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, But the Yamaha, as far as handling... I think that they've got it. They've got everyone covered in that department. So I think what we're going to start to see now is that, and 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 the other thing is, uh, Lorenzo, um, you know, he hasn't really uh, shown promise on the Honda, mm. but Vignali's on the Yamaha. Um, you know, whether it's because the contract's up and he and he's doing a <laughs> <laughs> bit of a Jorge. <laughs> I, I don't know. But what do you think of Valentino? Where's Valentino sitting right now? Oh, Nick, you know that's that's a hard. I mean, I, I watching him last night and and the last few Grand Prix. I don't know. I, I would hate to think that he's he's gone into retirement mode. Mm. You know. Um, yeah, it, it it's. I don't know. I, I don't I don't want to comment on that because, yeah. um, you know I'm such a big fan of his and uh, it hurts me to see him really not being able to take it up there. Mm, but yeah. you know let's just see how it plays out. I'm I'm sure that the engineers at Yamaha are going to be searching for more power. I mean you, you would have to be, you know, sort of saying to yourself that that, that, that bike needs more power. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think power delivery is really the issue. Um, the, the top speed on the straights, you know, that that tells the story. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think right now Marquez has got not only the package with the bike, uh, with the team, um, he's a lot more mature than he used to be. Mm. And he showed that in um, in Assen yeah. where, where yeah. He, he backed off and, and rather than push it and make a mistake, he um, accepted that you know second place was where he was going to honestly thought he was going to have a crack coming close to the end there with two or three laps to go I thought because he was still within striking distance of Vinales he he was but can you imagine like from a points perspective Mm. let's say he stacked the bike yeah you know where would that have left him yeah you know but he can he can afford to go a race down now. He's he's like it's it's he can afford to to drop nah, it. But why why yeah. bother? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean? guess the, re, the the result and injury might 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 put him off. But yeah, it was um 
You know, you know, Mark Marquez is now only one pole behind Australia's Mick Doohan in his Mick Doohan's record of pole yep. position. So that's incredible. And he got an, obviously another one uh, at the German race as well. So incredible to see Mark Marquez, his journey, uh, and he just keeps soldiering on. But I'm still big raps on Fabio Quattararo. Oh, Quattararo really... has had uh, a lot of bad luck at the beginning of the season. Mm. Um you know, the, the at the German Grand Prix, it was a bit devastating to see him yeah. drop the bike. Yeah. Um, but, you know, where Quattararo fails dismally is in the start. If they can get the launch control working properly on that bike, set it up and get him... You know, that's what he should be doing. He should basically head to the nearest drag strip mm. and just do lap after lap after lap launching the bike because I have not seen him get away clean once since no. he started this... No. No, you know, no. you compare his launches to, say, the Ducatis. You know, mm. Marquez occasionally has a bit of a sketchy one, but he generally makes up for it by the, the first turn. I don't know yep. if you guys have noticed, he just goes in deep and cuts everyone off. He did, actually. That's what he did last <laughs> last night as well. His takeoff wasn't that great, Marquez, and he, no, got, he, he got kind of left behind. But, yeah. geez, I'll tell you what, he was able to get still get around him on the first corner and yeah. basically... Cut, cut through everyone. And you, you know so. what, Nick? I, I think that there's more in that bike. I don't think Marquez ever rides that bike, even at 10 tenths. Mm, you know that's what I mean? crazy, isn't it? That um, is crazy. It just it conserves the tyre. Remember, he was on a medium last night. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, and that, that track, because of the amount of uh, uh, left-handers, it really hammers that side of the tyre. Most people would go with the hard. Mm-hmm. He managed to, like, destroy everyone yeah. with a medium. Yeah. So... And you Jorge, know. I mean, the question the question sits at the moment. Like, I mean, do do Honda make plans for next year? Do you think Jorge will be no finishing? No, this I'm going to tell you right now, 100. percent mm. Nostradamus is making a prediction here. Yep, and that is that uh, uh, Marquez's brother will be on the second bike for Honda next season. Yeah, so Jorge will retire, you seem to... Or I don't know if he, he retires go. or if he'll just get sacked or yep. whatever's going to happen. I imagine Honda got him at a pretty good price. Like, well, I don't know. I think they paid, paid pretty good good money for him. Uh, don't know. I don't believe that. Yeah. I think that he thought that I'll go to the Honda and I'll have a machine that I can win with. Mm, yeah, yeah. So... So, yeah, it's interesting times. You're keeping in, quiet in all this yeah. time. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sort of reading something else. And I'm okay. the race. No, no, it's, got, right. it's only got two wheels. Not interested. <laughs> no, no. Um. Alex Rins. We haven't seen him drop the bike two races in a row. I don't think ever. But he's yeah. done that two weeks in a row. So it was, um, it's sad to see the Suzuki go out like that. Yeah, but you know what? That bike, they, they've got a good package there. Like, mm. I... The last bike I'd want to be riding, aside from the KDM, is the Yamaha at the moment. Mm, yep. Suzuki, Ducati, and Honda—they've, you know—if you can keep it together and conserve that tire, you got a good chance on any of those bikes. Yeah. And even if you're in a satellite team, mm, yep. you know, look at Carl Crutchlow last night. Yeah, a third for the Carl in the LCR Honda, sponsored by Comet as well. So that was good to see those guys up there, up and about. And great to see Vignali's, you know, I know we joke about it that his contract's coming up, but, you know, he, he kind of, I mean, he, if you think about the team structure now, a lot of people would be going to Rossi, what are you doing, bro? Mm, yeah. <laughs> What's going on? The number two riders, yeah. you know. Certainly, <clears throat> certainly. 
All right, look, we'll take a break there and we'll be back right after this. If you're interested, or for all our drag racing listeners, please tune into the next segment. Stay on, listen to the next segment because we are getting straight into NHRA and the big news breaking out of Well, it's not breaking anymore, but big news out of the US. We have a rule change in Pro Mod and the world will come to an end. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. Okay, Talk and Power podcast, episode 64, with Simon Gonzo-Travellini and Todd Brinkworth, and I'm Nick DeCembry. Coming to you from 88.5, where the valley comes alive. <laughs> Podcasting through Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, Admin, wherever you get your pod, uh, podcast from. You'd think and you'd it, have a cheat sheet I know, yeah, yeah, like, just for the record every time Nick says that I stare at him intently <laughs> and count on my fingers so. <laughs> you me like, you're making me nervous Todd <laughs> why you're making you're me gonna nervous blame, you're going to blame the teleprompter yeah. <laughs> you're, you're about as making me as nervous as a as a, a turbo <laughs> listen, listen before we get onto the pro mod yeah. how good was the 4th of July celebrations where in America. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. And a big shout out to all of that. Yeah. We have a we have a growing we have a growing listener base in the United States of America. So for all those people that listen to us over there, happy Fourth of July. Yeah, happy Fourth of July. And uh, yeah, I think I think they put on a hell of a show. They do. Yeah. They certainly do. Yeah. Some uh, awesome military machinery there. Mm, no, definitely, definitely. Now speaking of the Fourth of July, a day after or a day before, it might have been the third of July. We had a rule change in Pro Mod from the NHRA. So I'm just going to read in short what the rule changes are. So the maximum supercharger overdrive limit has been brought down from 16.5% down to 14.55% on all combinations. And the boost pressure has been brought down from 36 PSI down to 33 PSI. So they are pretty big swings. On the turbo cars. On the turbo cars, sorry. <laughs> you forgot to mention oh, that. Sorry, <laughs> yep. Sorry. So on the turbo cars are, are taking a 10%, well, just under 10% um, reduction in boost. And the blown cars are, have a 2%, a, a you'd argue, just under 2% uh, drop in blower overdrive. So there's been a lot of people come out and object to this obviously steve jackson was one of them ricky smith the nitrous guy was implicated as probably being the mastermind behind the rule change he vehemently denies that so so steve jackson has claimed that the rule change is going to cost him a hundred thousand dollars in new blowers and associated parts um he says it's not it's not simply a matter of changing the um the pulley that's correct yeah yeah and he's um, pretty adamant in that that thought process yeah but but see this is this is the thing the idea of changing the pulley to drop you know the amount of boost that the blower makes is to slow the cars down mm. so this is exactly what happens the guys will go away and they'll develop the, the trick with your overdrive is the opening of the blower mm -hmm. and the exit of the blower and there's a couple of sneaky slots here and there that they put in there the hat design the divider in the hat there's a little space that goes between the hat and the um the the case yep. all these little 
uh, refinements. They go on the on the blower dyno. They spin them up. They look at how much power it takes the to drive the blower. They look at how fast it accelerates. Um, they they look at the boost. They look at the the quality of the air. So mm. the the temperature of the air. All these little things to try and maximise. Uh, you know, and they will probably, at a guess, the cam timing will change slightly um, and the compression ratio will change slightly. They'll probably bump the compression up a point or two to make up for the the, um, mm. the lack of boost. So what they, they're going to probably try to do is make the engine as a naturally aspirated engine more efficient so that, you know, if, if, you're, if you're making... As an example, one bar of boost, fourteen point seven pound. If the motor makes six hundred to start with, theoretically it'll make twelve hundred or double the power. Yep. So if you make more naturally aspirated, then theoretically, you know, the, the little bit you're going to lose with with the um, the boost uh, is is going to be compensated for. So I, I'd imagine, and that is counterintuitive to what the NHRA is trying to achieve. What they're trying to achieve is is parity between mm. the supercharged car, the turbo car, and the nitrous car. Now. A long, long time ago in Australia, when Gary Miosovic was still alive, back it would have been 99. I guess the track had, was, was just finished around there. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew decided to make it supercharged combinations only, and uh, you were allowed a roots blower or a screw blower. They brought the overdrives down on the screw blowers, and they... Uh, added weight and took weight away from the the roots combinations to you know create parity um, and i imagine that if you built a good roots combination with a 1671 because we're allowed to run a 16 over here you probably could beat a screw blown you know that if there was an area to um, investigate that would be the area to investigate in top door slam over here. So yep. if you had if you had already exhausted all the other possibilities in terms of the car, the chassis, um, you know, the gearbox. Now they're running the five speed with the lockup converter, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and uh, you were still looking for more. That's probably the area that you'd look at because the advancements in in the the design of the roots blowers have come so far. But what it did was it created a lot simpler parity. Got rid of the nitrous cars. No turbo cars to be seen. Um, we'll just concentrate on the blower cars. Mm. And still now we have teams, you know, saying, oh, you know, he's got this and he's got that and his body and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I feel for the NHRA, um, it would be easier to just throw weight at him. That's, but, that's what Ricky Smith said. Believe it or not, Ricky Smith wasn't in favour of these rule changes. Even though it was from the outside, appeared as though he was um, the instigator well, behind it, it. Just read what what he, he quote what the quote was from from uh, Ricky Smith. Uh, I didn't have Billy Stockland watching over me. Is that the one you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's the one. I didn't have one. Phil Shuler watching over me. He, those are the things he did say. But he still goes on to say that he does. He does still. He felt that the 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 turbo cars did need boost taken away from them, yeah, but look, not that he, he much. Al- he also goes on to say that he feels that the boost controllers can be manipulated outside of the rules without the sanctioning body being able to detect the manipulation. Now that's a huge statement. Yeah, I this felt. is this yeah. is turbo gate. Yeah, that's what it is. Now, <laughs> for those of you that that aren't uh, drag racing tragics like me, <laughs> pack a long, long time ago. Um, there was a lot of stuff. Pro stock was, you know, really, let's face it, pro stock 
in the old days is what ProMod is now, mm-hmm. right? Except non-boosted, obviously. And um, we had Nitrous Gate. That was the first scandal. And it was the um, uh, Wayne County Speed Shops, uh, Dodge Boys, that the allegations were made about and then their motors suddenly got destroyed by a sledgehammer. Someone broke into their workshop, smashed up the engines with a sledgehammer and then painted the Warren Johnson logo um, on one of the walls <laughs> as if to say it was a you know Warren Johnson fan that, who was another pro stock competitor. Um, a- around that time, there was a big bust up in the Glidden camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Glidden and his father and uh, the other brother, uh, Ricky Glidden, I think. Anyway, whatever the uh, the other brother's name is, they had a big bust up because the dad called them out. He he uh, during a press conference he said that um, he knew nitrous was being used in pro stock, and one of the reporters said, "How can you say that so confidently?" And he said, "Because one of the cars running nitrous was unloaded from my trailer." So he basically, um, you know, threw his, his one of his sons under the bus <laughs> or both of them under the bus, yeah. um, and then. The next big thing after that was Shiftergate, mm. where uh, a photographer had gotten footage of a pro stock uh, racer with both hands on the steering wheel going down the track. And that, that's a big thing because pro stock was the last bastion of uh, a driver needing skill to be able to race. He needed yeah. to swap feet, drop the clutch, and punch gears. Mm. Right? And by this stage, Nitro Funny Car, Top Fuel... You basically pull it into stage, you know, pre-stage, go to the high side, or your crew chief does it, bump it into stage, uh, the light goes green, you let go of the handbrake, jump on the throttle, and that's it. The, the computers do, or the timers do the rest, not yeah. so much the computers. But. So we've seen this happen in Door Slammer. We saw it happen in Pro Mod when it went from IHRA to NHRA. Um, they allowed the automatic shifting. You know, uh, Tim McCannis mm. has, has uh, you know, done a video on this saying that, yep. that the class is going to eventually become boring. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a lot going on and, and the suggestion that the turbo cars are cheating, I personally don't believe that. I don't think they need to cheat. Yep. I think that the turbo cars make that much more power than the supercharged and the nitrous cars. And the mile an hour shows that. Mm, so, 261 now. Yeah, that's ridiculous. 261, Eric Anders. So so if you look at it from that perspective, the mile an hour, the mass of the vehicle over that given distance, that tells you how much power they're making. Mm. Right? The turbo cars are making a lot more power. And I think that they're probably, to a certain extent, sandbagging them in the first half. Now, it could be that they just can't accelerate the turbo fast enough. If that's the case, then, you know, they really need to go back to the drawing board. Mm. Um, now, you, you asked me during the break how I would restrict it. Yeah, right. that's a good question. So I don't think turbo size, as, as saying, you know, maximum of 80, 88 mil like Andra have over here with the, the Group 2 classes, I don't think that works, right? Um, I think that air quality and boost pressure uh, have to go hand in hand. So... Limiting the boost, if you find a way of making that air colder, right, you can still have 33 pounds, but if you can make that 33 pounds a cold 33 pounds, however you do that, 
whether that's within the scope of the rules or not. That could be where you have your entry. It could be sneaking an injector somewhere where it's not meant to be. There's a lot of different ways of of cooling that charge. Well, 33 pounds of cold air is a lot better than 33 pounds of hot air, Mm. right? So as far as being able to manipulate the data, I can tell you now that that is one of the oldest tricks, not just in drag racing, the... um, the production car racing at Bathurst, there has been uh, claims by other teams that CAMS has investigated but had difficulty, you know, coming to some sort of a conclusion as to, to whether they were substantiated or not about the XR6 turbos um, cheating and running higher boost uh, yeah, at events. And I'm sure that there's other turbo cars, you know, that, that, that this has had now. They, they were at one stage putting a monitoring device that was hooked into the, um, the the plenum or boost line that basically monitored that. If you're going off the data logger, I can calibrate the data logger so that 33 is, you know, 40. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. You, you can do that. Um, you can actually, in certain loggers, you can do it in a way that is undetectable. And if you want it to be a real smart ass, most of them use an impedance, so like an ohm scale, yep. resistance, uh, Resi- yeah. basically. So if you put an inline resistor in it, yep. you can change that. Or if you bump the voltage up going into it, you can change it. You know what I mean? So it is a really difficult thing. I don't think restricting it is the go. I think that, um, you know, you, you mentioned a, a, a ProMod-specific turbo. Well, they've kind of got that with the 88 mils. Um me personally, I think weight, and you just got to keep throwing it at it. The problem is that's a safety issue. 260 mile an hour, right? We make these things weigh 3,200 pound, which is what I reckon you're going to need to end up making them weigh. Mm. How are you going to pull that up? Yeah. They don't even make parachutes that are rated for 3,200 pound at 260 mile an hour. Mm. You know, so yeah, it's a very, very difficult thing to do. There is another alternative, um, and that is. If you can't throw weight at them, reduce the cubes. Now, people are going to say, well, that's just going to up the boost pressure. Yeah, but you're going to get to a point where you can't keep the cylinder head on the motor or you're going to push the the um, big end bearing out of it. You know what I mean? There is going to be some point. The, the important thing is if you restrict the size of the motor in the bore size, mm. then that restricts the cylinder head at the same time. And, you know, you think about what the, the guys at, at um, the uh, supercar... Um, I don't think it's called Tiger anymore, whatever they're called these days, the, the governing body that, that controls it, they've managed to come up with a box for those engines to fit in in terms of torque yeah. and horsepower. So I guess you kind of got to do that. The thing that, that, that frustrates me a little bit about all of this is I know how much, and, and you know we, the three of us know how much maintenance is involved in running a supercharged car. I know how much maintenance is involved in running a nitrous car. Turbo car hasn't got any of that so you know you you kind of you're letting them really have their cake and eat it in terms of they're not really like you know when when you're on a lease deal for the superchargers because most of these guys are on lease deals ricky uh, uh steve jackson owns his right but he paid four hundred and fifty thousand dollars for two superchargers mm. right i oh. know oh, it's crazy it's crazy <laughs> How many ProMod 88s could you buy for that? So w- when you've got 
uh, that type of deal where it's so expensive and so time consuming to run a nitrous or a supercharged car, um, you know, you probably, if you don't do something, you're going to end up with a whole field full of turbo cars. Mm. Anyway, it's very interesting and I'm glad we brought it up. So if you're interested in this topic, head on over to Drag Illustrated. There's two podcasts there from Wes Buck. He talks to Steve Jackson and he also talks to Ricky Smith. So head on over there to dragillustrated.com and you can listen to his podcast, Wes Buck Show. And he talks to both of them just this week. So I had to listen to that. You need a couple of hours because Stevie's, I think, is about 40 minutes and Ricky Smith's is about an hour and 20. But worth listening to. All right, we'll take a short break then. We'll be back right after this. Episode 64 of the Talking Power Podcast. I'm Nick DiCembro with Simon Gonzo Travellini and Todd Brinkworth. Transmitting on 88.5 FM. Where the valley comes alive. And podcasting through iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, www.talkingpower.com.au. You know, you can just pre-record that and no, no, splice no, it should, in later. I should do that. I just do a pre-recording. <laughs> no, but it's more fun every time. Even the <laughs> guys painful. at 88.5 FM, we'll do that tonight, actually. So, mm. anyway. It's painful, you know, to watch. It's painful. No. It is. It is. All right. Such Formula torture. One. <laughs> Formula One from Austria. Spielberg. My, one of my favourite tracks. Not my favourite. Not the... But I, I love the Red Bull Ring. I love it. Spielberg. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. Spielberg. <laughs> Spielberg. It's an awesome track. It is. An, have it's, you been there? Yeah, I've been there. Oh, have you? I was only a Porsche day on, but I've been there, and it is just... You drive in the middle of nowhere, there's a little gate, and you go into it, and then it's like the giant Red Bull sign, and it's just awesome. Mm. Yeah. So... Uh, it's, um, it looks awesome. Anyway, look, common sense has look, finally prevailed. It does look awesome. Yeah. It, it certainly is. Austria looks pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the red, with the Red Bull. But common sense finally prevailed, Todd, in Formula One. Yeah, I know. I was Can we believe it? I was a bit of shock myself. Common sense. Fell off the couch nearly. We didn't We didn't have an incident where Max... Look, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, robbed Ferrari of a win, but the, the move was perfectly fine. I had no dramas with it. We're referring to Max Verstappen's move on Charles Leclerc. Um... You know, it was a lot of lot of commentary about it after the race. He should have been sanctioned five seconds. If he got sanctioned five seconds, really, I mean, then we really need to start reassessing this sport. But thankfully, as I said, common sense came through. Look, Charles Leclerc, he'll get his win. There's no doubt about it. Um, he's really proven himself a worthy um, Ferrari Academy driver and worked his way up into, you know, the number two seat at Ferrari. And I'm really looking forward to the... I'm really looking forward to the the next race, which is in... Um, oh, jeez. British, the British Grand Prix, which yeah. is Silverstone. And Ferrari have a track record of doing really well there and spoiling the party for Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton in particular. What do you mean track record? They've done it once. No, I think they've done it a couple of times. Yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah, they've yeah. taken. I'll tell you uh, what, uh, temperature's not going to be a problem for the Mercedes at uh, Silverstone. <laughs> no, no, but but in speaking, talking of that, that, that it was quite a quite a warm day on the weekend in, yeah. in most of Europe, and we'll talk about Goodwood in shortly. But the the ambient tank track temperature and and air temperature at, at at Spielberg was quite quite high, and the Mercedes certainly struggle in hot temperatures. 
It got to 37 in France yeah, or something. That's, that's, that's up there for those guys. That's it, really it up there. It got to 30. I know this isn't part of Europe, but it got, got to 32, I think, in Alaska. Yeah, and they're pooping themselves, you know. But there's no climate change. Why is it they somehow affect their digestive... No, as in everything. Things are melting. They're not going to have enough ice for the summer. Watch the winter and stuff like that already. What? Don't you watch much? What they do is they put the ice highway down and they put. Oh. So if they have a long hot summer. To drive there. Yeah, so what happens is they have a hot summer. Yeah. The ice left over from winter melts Mm. a lot faster. Yeah. Like normally there's some left behind, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah, And that means that winter will be essentially later. Yeah. And they won't get as much ice, so they can't run freight as much as they yeah, can yeah. over the frozen lakes. Yep. Oh, with your Todd, sorry. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. There wow. You <laughs> anyway, getting back to um, all <laughs> yeah. things Formula One. Honda, it's their first win in the current hybrid um, rules. So it's great to see Honda finally have a win. And deserving for Red Bull and Christian Horner, who put faith in the Honda power unit uh, when McLaren dropped them like a hot potato only two years ago. Uh, it's paying dividends now obviously for for um, the Red Bull team and the Toro Rosso car. So it was really great to see them. Haas, I don't know what's happened to Haas. Haas is my favourite because they're the North Americans coming into Formula One and yeah. they, they they did really well but the, the tyres the car I mean we heard we heard um, Kevin Magnussen a couple of races ago say this is the worst car he's ever driven and that that's including his I-30 he drove to the track with i <laughs> 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 just What's happened to the Has car? That's a bit harsh, you know. Mm-hmm. The oh, I is a good car, Nick. I, sorry, Tall. Uh, there goes that yeah. Hyundai sponsorship we're after. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I want to get you your opinions to yourself. Yeah. Your end line was looking pretty good, too. Gino's but, you know. got an I 30, you know that, don't you? No, I didn't. Yeah. Has he really? Yeah, he bought a brand new. Okay. <laughs> And the SRs, right. the i30 SRs go like, oh, great guns. Anyway, go on. Yeah, I, I, this thing against Hyundai. <laughs> no, my apologies to all those that are home. I, I just I've, I've hired a couple from time to time uh, when I go away, and um, it's left me lackluster. They're, they're, they're not that great. But anyway. Oh, have you, uh, have you driven a, a, um, a Mitsubishi Triton turbo diesel or perhaps a, nah. a Ranger turbo diesel? No, I have a Ranger, perhaps yeah. Perhaps no, a Amarok turbo diesel. Oh. You know, all those guys go on about, you know, the performance this and that and these nah, videos. and they're crud. They are so slow. <laughs> they're crud. Oh, the V6 Amarok's not bad. That pulls the stump out of the ground pretty good. I haven't yeah. pulled a stump out lately, so <laughs> I haven't needed so, to. Interesting way of measuring performance. Well, you know... <laughs> Anyway, anyway. Just one, one of the things I wanted to talk about was Lewis Hamilton took a grid penalty at the start of this race. Uh, it was a three-place grid penalty. Now, they applied that um, before they applied Kevin Magnussen's penalty. So when Kevin Magnussen actually got demoted, um, Lewis was elevated a spot. So in essence, he got a two-spot a two, uh, Penalties, so it's interesting. I mean, I'm not having a go. I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's yes, how it handles. Yes, you it are. It's how you, it you are. Just, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. Honestly, I'm let, not. let me be the third umpire here. You are. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and I'm really happy to see Lando Norris still progressing quite well in the McLaren as well. Really happy with his progress over there in in the McLaren. So Formula One, that was that was it. And I cannot wait for the British Grand Prix Silverstone because, as I said, my fingers are crossed. I really, it's like, you know. Being a football fan or a Dockers fan, you look forward to beating the Eagles. 
As a Ferrari fan, you look forward to beating Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton in in um. I love, I love that you bring an Super unbiased star. opinion to the yeah, show, such, Nick. Such an unbiased. But then you've got Lewis Hamilton's home track. It is. Yeah. You know what? He hasn't mentioned anything about the Derby. No, no, no. We'll leave that alone. That's all right. I don't want to gloat. <laughs> Hey, Goodwood Festival Speed. I want to get there one year. I mean, we, we really, the three of us need to get there and do a podcast from the side there and Love speak with the, the Duke of Richmond. Next have him on. Yeah, what oh. was your favourite car? I didn't mind the Senna. The Lego Senna. The Lego yeah, one. The Lego yeah. one. However, <laughs> I think from, what, from what I saw was, actually it was um, Mad Mike Wadette from New Zealand. Took mm. a Lamborghini drift car. And God, there is a Lamborghini drift car. Was that the Hurricane? No, the, yeah, the, the red, one. The red Has it got the bumpers zip tied on? I no, no <laughs> not yet. We, we use it. And what impressed me is the fact that he had the the balls to make a Lamborghini drift car, but he seemed to struggle. Right. With what it. about the money? Well. I especially in New Zealand where it's in pesos. <laughs> Monopoly money. <laughs> Pistachio nuts. Um I don't know if it's legit Lamborghini. Let me just leave that on the table and we'll go to the next oh, okay. next part of it. I think it is, but I also think it may be a body over. Which one are you referring to? The white one? Yeah, the Red Bull one. Oh he's sponsored by Red Bull. <laughs> It's it's probably built by Lamborghini. <laughs> I know the car you're referring yeah. to, but I don't. I didn't. It didn't strike me as a kick car, to be honest. Yeah, it, I, it I actually legit, think it might be legit. Is, it, is this the same guy that that did the the Mazda? Yeah, with he, the the naturally yep. aspirated quad rotor or whatever. Yeah, he had quad rotors and MX five or yeah. something like that yep. with the tires about ten feet away from the fenders. And, and you say the hairdresser sticker on the back bumper, I'd take the piss out of himself, which I thought was that, that to me was points, you know? So, anyway, that was, there, was, there was some other stuff, like there was some weird Al- Alpinas and BMWs and stuff like that. There's nothing weird about them. No, but, they're cool. But the rare ones, Alpine. the super rare, yeah. rare, 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 rare ones. Yeah, okay. Did you see the GT40 Roadster? Yes. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. That had a bit of a note to it too. They yeah, weren't did. they weren't mucking around with that. And um, I mean, you can't go past the nine one seven. Yeah, the Porsches. Nine one seven. You know what? That's... My mother in law and my wife were watching it the same. I made them watch it as well, um, and they could not understand why I was getting rather aroused over those Porsches. <laughs> they could not get. They couldn't get it. They did not understand. Fourteen hundred horsepower, eight hundred kilos. They didn't like the look of them, and I said, "What? What? What?" How could you not like that car? It's one of the most beautiful cars ever made. But oh, anyway, I think you're stretching it a little oh, bit. Oh no, there. they're magnificent. Nine one seven. Yeah, yeah. It's a box. It's but it's <laughs> it's it it typifies Le Mans in the seventies, early seventies, to me. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, it kind of does. Mm. I think that as far as Can Am type vehicles go. Yep. You know, that they're definitely, don't get me wrong, probably the most awesome car. 250 GDO and the 91730 mm. would be my pick um, any day of the week. But uh, they're not a good-looking car. McLaren Mark VI, now that, that's a good-looking yeah. car. Yeah, you know, no, fair enough. Roll the T70. I think you've got to go back to the 60s. You know, that, that that's the mid-60s was the 
the GD40, the original GD40, Lola T70, mm. McLaren Mark VI, uh, Chevron B16. Yeah. They're, um, and, you know, the 250 GDO, Jaguar E-Type. Mm. Good-looking cars. Yeah. Around that the had- 70s, it was more about using a sledgehammer to do the job of a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of a shoe. <laughs> but it was a great, great event, and we really... I'd love to get there one day, and we can all go over there. It'd be good. What did you think of Extreme E? Did you see that? The new electric series of the cars, the off-road vehicles? That that failed to... That did not impress me at all. What, given the fact that it broke down halfway up the hill? Yeah. That wasn't, that wasn't all that impressive. Did the battery go flat? Yeah, I think it did. <laughs> so, yeah. So that, that didn't impress me. But that's the from bought you from the guys from Formula E. They're also doing... So it's an extreme E-series, and they'll be racing in parts of the globe where they're highlighting gl- climate change. So they'll be racing in the, the rainforest. Yeah, and those parts of the globe where they're highlighting the climate change, mm. will they have a gen set to yeah. charge... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so they'll be burning even more fossil fuel than just running the vehicle on that's fossil right. fuel. That's, that's that right. makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? But, but the electric car that always impresses me at Goodwood, and it's a car that I've written about. If you go to the blog, you will see I wrote about it last year. The Volkswagen IDR. That car is unbelievable. Yeah. And they finally got their record after 20 years. The guys from Volkswagen, Romain Dumas, got his record 39.9 up the hill. 20 years it stood for. Nick Heinfeld held the record in a McLaren uh, MP4 slash 13 yeah. back in 1999. This is for good Goodwood, yeah. Goodwood. Yep, yep. 39 seconds. And how much did Volkswagen spend to get that record? Oh, probably billions, but And they cares? did it in an in electric... In a full electric car. Full electric car. Yeah, yeah and, it's an awesome car. And did they also burn fossil fuel to charge? <laughs> yep, they yep. did. And they also hold the record at Pikes Peak as well. With that car? Yeah, but on yeah. tarmac, as you guys yeah. pointed out to me one night and almost threw the notes at my head. Venonen um, is still king, isn't he, Todd? Yes. <laughs> Pikes Peak has been in gone as well in the last couple of weeks. Has it? Yeah. Oh, we didn't Has the record it. been reset? Uh, there was a couple reset um, in different categories. I Not the actually, overall. I haven't actually seen the full results yet. I've been Thanks, trying to dig them up. So. That is a... Uh, <laughs> you know, you talk about mental sports. Oh, and, that and is... A complete and utter lack of safety. Yeah. Well, well, Good, Goodwood's only 1.7, I think, kilometres. Yeah, I was about to say... Pike's Peak is... Uh, Ten times that. Oh, this is you no know, guardrail. The thing yeah. with Goodwood, though, just to add, is it's narrow. It is. Oh, narrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is Ask the NASCAR yeah. drivers. Yeah. Narrow. It's a yeah, laneway. <laughs> the old Pikes Peak was the, gravel. The original gravel yeah. Pikes Peak. I mean, when Vettinen's got that thing sideways, the front of the car is touching the, the side of the mountain and the yeah. back wheel's hanging off. So it is. that yeah. looked kind of narrow too. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> All right, guys, on that note, we'll take a break and we'll be back with supercars from Townsville and a whole lot more. Okay, Talking Power Podcast, transmitting on 88.5 FM. Where the valley comes alive. And podcasting through iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, www.talkingpower.com.au, which will be getting a facelift very soon. I'm working on it as we speak. All right, Supercast from Townsville. Did you guys end up watching the race or was it just me? No, I watched 
some of it. Oh my god! Because <laughs> <laughs> I watched about five and a half minutes. Anyway, no, no, I, watched, I watched the top ten shootout. Yep, that was um, <clears throat> that was uh, Chaz Mostert. That's it. Look, speaking of Chaz Mostert, we probably need to cover off on a little a few events that have happened beforehand. It looks like Chaz Mostert might be stuck between a rock and a hard place at the moment because he has not got a seat for next year. Now, there was links with... He had actually met with DJR Team Penske, got caught, kind of caught out there by media. Uh, and this week, DJR Team Penske have confirmed they have re-signed both drivers, Scotty and Fabian Coulthard. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, there was speculation that uh, Fabian may be looking elsewhere. And nah. Scott had, does have a burning desire to get to the US at some point. So... To... to- NASCAR, yeah. Turn left. Yeah, to turn left. <laughs> turn left. Left, left. Yeah. <laughs> so, look, I mean, it's it's interesting. So, Chaz is Chaz still actually drive. Was it Chaz that made that joke? They only need to make four turns and they're all left or something? <laughs> oh, you may have. I don't, I don't recall. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see where he turns up. He has been linked with Wilkinshaw and Dreddy United Racing as well, so we, we really don't know. Oh, are they stage. getting Mustangs too? No, I don't think so, but I, I think he's on the outer at, 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 uh, at Tickford. That's pretty sad because... Uh yeah, I, I, I he's been a bit of a shining light. For yeah, me, for he has. Tickford in the last few years. Out of all the non-DJR teams, mm. yeah. you've got to admit that that they do all right. They, they do. do pretty good. They yeah. do. They do. Uh, this week we also had confirmation. Holden have locked in with Triple Eight for the next two years, and it will be ZB Commodore. No, don't yeah. believe it. No, don't they believe have locked it. in. There is no nah, it'll development. It'll be Camaro. There is no development on the Camaro. Do you know? Do you know something? It'll be Camaro. It's not. Why, why would they promote a vehicle that they don't even make? Do you know? Do you know what they are? Because they were asked that question, and I'm glad you asked it as well. Do you know what the answer was? They're using that vehicle to leverage the Arcadia and the SUV range. So I looked at this on the weekend. <laughs> I looked at this on the weekend, and I saw on Shane Van Gisbergen's car. I didn't take notice on Jamie's, but on Shane Van oh, Gisbergen's yeah, yeah. car this had Arcadia, Arcadia across the top yeah. of the windshield, and that's what they're that's what they're saying is that they're going to be still using the ZB to leverage. Yeah, SUV range. Did you guys see the... I don't know why they're called super trucks, but did you see the super truck smash? I didn't... I read about it. I did not watch it, no. I don't know what's going on with their rear suspension. It looks strange. Yeah, okay. (laughs) It's... They it's, have been lowered significantly. Yeah, but it's it. Like, I don't know if they were leaf spring before mm. and they've gone to this pretend four link, but it is this like we sometimes use something similar in drag racing. I've built a car with something similar, and I've seen a couple of cars with something similar, but it's very strange. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And they're, they're running a different tyre on them now too, eh? They are, that's correct, yeah. yeah. yeah they, they, they do look a lot lower. Yeah. And it looks like sometimes they speed the footage up. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> like, seriously, I was watching it going, the people look like they're moving faster in the background than normal. <laughs> do they do that because it's they're so the slow? They just don't want to get the race over and done Because i tell you what, bang for buck, if you were going to sponsor... A motor car in in the you know that follows the supercar circus. I, I reckon I'd sponsor one of those Utes. Mm. 
because they're, they're moving that slow that you can see the sponsor's <laughs> name clearly. You know, I was wondering where that was going. Yeah, yeah I mean, so, I, some would argue that's, but no, because most most of the fans go and get a hot dog or a chips while they while they're on the track. Yeah, but it's TV TV time, mate. Yeah. TV time. I mean, the, the, you wouldn't sponsor the Porsches because mm. the the things you can't read anything on those bodies anyway. Yes. <laughs> It's true. The bonnet's like that. that you know, the sides are all curved. It's true. That's you can't point. really make it out. The trucks have got nice flat sides. <laughs> so it, I was listening to the commentary, right? And I, I tell you, it was more interesting than the actual supercar race. And the commentators are obviously struggling to find things to talk about. Mm. And they're talking about the flex in the bonnet. Have you? Oh, look at the way that bonnet's flexing. Really? I'm serious. Oh, I'm serious. God. Look at the way that bonnet's flexing. Yeah, okay. What the hell? They're really, they're really flogging a dead horse with this. I, th- I really, they haven't. They've put, obviously put a fair bit of money behind this, but I just, it will, I, not, look, it Nick, will not prevail. I don't it know if if it's one horse. I think there's more than one, but not many. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> this 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 will not prevail. And I hate to be negative. I'm not being negative, but this is not what people want to see. It's not racing. It is. It is. It is. It is racing. It's just very bad racing. Yeah, but there's there's so many other things. There's so many other support categories that we can bring in there that we're wasting our time. Yeah, but hang on, hang on. I'm starting to understand that. I'm watching it. I'm starting to understand it because if you're a punter and you're watching, you know, at home, wherever, probably more more catering to the people at home, right? Mm-hmm. As, uh, growing up, for me, I would watch the racing and, and aspire to maybe one day, you know, give this a crack. You know what I mean? Watching yeah. Bathurst back in the day when they were still loosely sort of production cars. And and you look at the categories now. Well, you can't run the GT Series. Forget about it. You know, yeah. even if you sold your house, you still wouldn't be able to buy a car, let alone everything you need to run it. The Porsche, another series. It's, it's purely for billionaires. Yeah. Right? Whereas the Ute Series, you look at that and go... I reckon I could just about afford one of them. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I do agree with what you're saying yeah. there, but I think there's so many other avenues for young young kids to come up in as opposed to as opposed to those youths. So really what do. what would you rather that they show? Because I'll tell you now that that British touring car pretend ripoff series TCR, they, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, they're, they're a quarter of a million dollar car. Yeah, no, that's that's not the field yeah, either. No. That's not. We we agree that's probably not it, but. So, so what do you got left? I, I don't know where S five thousand comes into the this scheme of things as far as cost goes. So that's the new category that will debut in September. S five thousand. S five thousand. So that's based on a five liter uh, Ford motor that Gary Rogers has the I believe oh, I license. Yeah, they, they will be a quarter of a million dollar plus carbon fiber tub. So probably arguably, yeah, yeah. I don't know where that's coming oh. in at. Already. Whereas the the Ute series, I don't know what they're worth, mm. but but I'm going to say they're probably sixty to seventy. Yep. You know, they'd, yeah, they'd be okay. around there, and that that's kind of like, you know, if you if you're sitting on the outside and you want to go racing, and you're getting the TV coverage, and you know, it is. I mean, we take the piss out of it every episode, but <laughs> but um, you know, I can't. I'm starting to enjoy it. Oh no! <laughs> but would you hone your skills if you were eighteen no, years no, old? No, but it's not about that. It's about it's about like I've got this ambition. I want to go racing. I've got to spare a couple of hundred grand, you know, because after you buy it, you still got to get it from track to track. Yeah. You obviously got to buy a franchise, whatever. 
What the hell? I'll do it. Put so, my company name on the side and go for it. So it's for someone that's past their peak, obviously, in in terms of trying to graduate up the up the tiers. I in don't motorsport. think that any of the Ute series that we've had in this country, um, or any of the categories, support categories, have been designed for people to progress through. Mm. And and I'll tell you now, this is going to sound really bad for all those guys that participate in the category the Super 2 or whatever they call it these days, mm-hmm. right? That is for the young people that are progressing and for the has-beens. Yep. Never yeah. going to be, right? Because, uh, you, you know, that's for the people that have got a spare three, 400 grand to throw, right? And the only reason they're qualifying is because everyone gets to race mm. on race day. But the reality is when you, when you see cars in a category... That's meant to be like we're just below the the supercars, and they're lapping people. <laughs> they're yeah. lapping people that haven't crashed. Yeah. They're lapping people that, you know. And there's some big teams there. So mm. you, when you buy a, a drive for three four hundred grand a year, you don't buy your car and have a crack at, you know, setting it up. You lease a drive. You pay every time you smash it, and you pay to drive it. And you put your name on the side of it. Um, a bulk of the other sponsors will be associated with that team. Probably, you know, people that supply lubricants and so on and so forth. Mm. Um, so the cars have got a pretty good setup. It just comes down to driverability. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's the category that's the feeder category. And the reality is that um, you can make a career. Look at all these guys now. Um, they're making a career out of it. Mm. But... To say that you're going to go through the ranks here and then go to Europe and drive Formula One, that ain't going to happen. No, you, no, need, no. you need to be, before you even get to that Formula Ford stage in Australia, you need to be lining up your drive in Europe. Yeah. And, and the reality is, if your goal is, is Formula One, your parents better have 20, 30 million to throw out. Well, you, you better have a rich uncle or something because <laughs> yep. you're not going to get there any other way. That is 100% correct. Yeah. There is no doubt about it. And unfortunately, there would be so much talent in the world that just gets lost. It's just the, the, it's the world that we live in, Nick. Mm. Yep, yep. Hey, just quickly, before we go to a break, we'll just touch on Motor E. That made its debut as well on the weekend. Um, that got delayed a couple of weeks, well, more than that, a couple of months, because they had a huge fire. Actually, believe it or not, this is no joke. They were charging up one of the bikes in the factory. Samsung one? <laughs> <laughs> so it did, they had a huge fire and it actually destroyed all the bikes. So anyway, the, out of the out of the ashes. You sure, it was it they didn't have a phone sitting on top of one of the boxes? <laughs> the galaxy. They didn't put one of those ballistic bags, you know, that you're gonna put your batteries in nowadays to charge. <laughs> anyway, they had uh, they they rebuilt the bikes and they had their first uh, meeting a Saturday night actually at um, at the. Uh, German Grand Prix, I'll finally get it out. So these things are synchronous oil-cooled AC with permanent magnets, uh, maximum horsepower of 100, sorry, maximum power of 120 kilowatts, acceleration 0 to 60 mile an hour in 3 seconds, and top speed of 270 kilometers an hour. Um, and Nicky Tully won his first ever event in Mode E, who will go down in the record books as being the first winner. So... Um, 
Yeah, I was. Um, I didn't get to see it, unfortunately. I've read about it, but um, yeah, there wasn't much footage from it. So, um, be interesting to see. They've still got a few races to unfold this year, this season. I think five all up. So, be interesting to see how that goes. You look really interested. <laughs> no, no I, I, look, I, um, I'll have to check it out next time it's on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Look on that note. We'll take a short break here, and we'll be back right after this with another movie review. Okay, Talking Power Podcast, episode 64, transmitting on 88.5 FM. Where the valley comes alive. I nearly missed my cue then. <laughs> <laughs> and podcasted on Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your good podcasts from. Okay. I'm just reading the notes here. You know what? I think I've seen THX1138. Have you really? I think so. I, have, I haven't. I think so. I have. <laughs> but I'm a nerd, so I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, just to fill everyone in, we're reviewing American Graffiti, one of the great movies from George Lucas. Um, I mean, if you put aside his Star Wars, Star Wars work, um, but yeah, I mean, he, this is the one that put him on the map. Though. It certainly was, yeah, mm. it certainly was, and um, uh, arguably one of the greatest racing movies ever made. Mm. Um, Rush, Rush, yeah, was directed by. One of the main actors from this movie. Ron Howard. Yeah, Ron Howard. Ron Howard, Howard, yeah. Went on to do some great movies, Ron Howard himself, didn't he? But look, American Graffiti, it was... um, George Lucas, he had a crack at THX-1138. Is that what you call that movie? Yeah, that's it, yep. And uh, he was told that didn't rate very well. So he was told by um, a good friend of his, Francis Ford Coppola, Godfather, from the Godfather movies. Just thought I'd throw that in there because yep. that is one of my favourite movies. But we can't <laughs> review that on this show, can we? <laughs> anyway, and his good wife telling him that he was too serious and he needed to loosen up and do something that was a little bit more funnier and a bit warmer. Wasn't that like a sci-fi movie? Yeah, it was. It was a futuristic, um, almost like a rip-off of... Um, 1984. Yeah, yep. that's it. <laughs> yeah, 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 I have Don't seen it. I've been having times I've seen it, hey? A lot. It's a there, you <laughs> there you go. So anyway, I mean, Universal gave uh, Lucas a budget of six hundred thousand. When Coppola came on board, Francis Ford Coppola actually got involved because uh, this uh, wasn't too long after The Godfather. Uh, they Universal threw in another hundred and seventy-five thousand into the movie. Um, so their his involvement obviously helped the movie yeah. succeed i would suggest this, this surely must have been before apocalypse now because yeah. <laughs> i'm not sure that they would have given him any money after apocalypse no now. probably not no. probably not so another interesting fact is even though happy days premiered five months after american graffiti the pilot for happy days was actually filmed two years before american graffiti and it wasn't until the success of American Graffiti that um, ABC actually felt that they should probably pick up the pilot and ordered a series from from the ABC. That sorry, the guys that did uh, Happy Days. So um, there you yeah. go. Even though it, it did work the other way around, it yeah. Actually, um, I've got to say a bit of fun fact about it. I've actually been reading the George Lucas biography, mm-hmm. which is self-loathing and boring as it probably sounds to some viewers. Um, he he wrote it after the conversation, you know, write something decent. 
and he decided to write the story about he was actually a hot rodder. Yeah, this yeah. The, the story is replicates or not replicates, but it mimics his life. Yeah, or his his young. Is that years. right? Yeah, and I can't remember the car he had. Oh, so, so the the main character uh, whose name escapes me, Steve Bolander. So that's actually George Lucas. Oh. Yeah, and I don't want to ruin it, but there's a scene in the movie. Todd, you can ruin it. I mean, okay. Well, we're pretty sure everyone <laughs> has a, seen it. There's an accident at the end. Yeah. Um, with the 55 Chev rolling over. Correct. Now, in Lucas's room... Harrison Ford driving the 55 yeah. Chev, I might add. Mm. Who was actually not a big-known actor and then went on to Star Wars. Harrison Ford says one of the one of, one of my, my most favourite lines from that car, from that movie, when they're cruising along with the, the, the 32.5 yeah. window. Yeah. And he says that <laughs> that can't be your car. That must be your mama's car. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> a line a, that many of us use these days in a <laughs> yellow dose cape. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying. Um, anyway, so how do you guys? Because this is my first uh, my first time with a, a movie review here. How do you review them? Tom, why don't you talk us through the movie just briefly? Come <laughs> on. Oh, sorry. Your choice. I was about to say, and the bit I was going to add before was um, Lucas actually um, stacked his car. I cannot remember what he had, but his hot rod. The only thing that saved him at the time was he wasn't wearing his seatbelt and he fell out of the car Jeez. as it rolled. Lucky. Yeah. So if he had have been killed, we would never have gotten Star Wars. Yeah. And I believe this was just before American Graffiti as well. So we wow. never. Wow. Yeah, so there you go. I um, cannot remember the car. That car was in a few movies, eh? Two Lane Blacktop as well. That yep. 55. Yeah, but yeah, it was. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they used and it that. was an actual drag car. It mm. was a 427 four speed car that ran 10s. Yeah. There you wow. go. Bit of useless information. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think, I mean, you'd almost argue that I think uh, Mike Finnegan has once gone on record and saying blasphemy was a, a, a mock up of, of the, that car, basically. Yeah. Except. One had a naturally aspirated big block Chev, <laughs> yeah. and the other one's with got the a blown Hemi. <laughs> with the exception of the front well, bits. Well, he's admitted that it's a cross between American Graffiti and two-lane blacktop. Yeah, I think more blue two-lane blacktop. Yeah, but that's your bit where I think they're driving that car once it's finished, mm. and they accidentally cross over a set of railway lines where that was filmed, and they have a, bo- a moment and they go, wow, do you know where we are? And Gee, that wasn't staged. I know. But hey. <laughs> Finnegan, begin again. <laughs> As a viewer, you know, it made my day, and I had, to go, I had to go back and watch the movie afterwards. You know, Nick, could so. I've never been able to find two like Blacktop. Oh, haven't you? I've, no. I've, I've watched it before. I got yeah. it on DVD. There yeah. you go. I'll that's a oh, really, yeah. that's a really kind of obscure movie to be to be. Two lame Blacktop. Yeah, yeah, that's for me. That's a bit out there. Yeah, it gets a bit weird. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Getting sidetracked. We're talking about everything. But you know, you know what movie gets weird. You'd probably love it. Metal Skin. Thank you. I actually (laughs) want to review that, but I didn't think anyone else would have seen it. (laughs) (laughs) My mate was next to that movie. The ratings were too. (laughs) (laughs) But um, your mate was an extra in it. Yep. You know, you know, if you want to review a movie where you're going to get listeners (laughs) excited, it'd have to be uh, Two Fists, One Heart. Where everyone in Balcata was an extra. <laughs> to be to be fair, I was actually in. I was an extra oh. in a movie once. Aussie Park Boys. Aussie. Oh, that's another uh, one. Yeah, yes. I was an extra oh, in that. Wow. And actually, yes, yes. You that's... see my noggin quite predominantly at the start of that movie. That's another one. That's another one. 
Oh, yeah. Aussie Park. What are you laughing Aussie for, Park, Todd? Boys. It was very serious. You know, that, that opening scene took us probably six hours to film that. I'm actually also laughing at a certain scene. I remember of a certain gentleman looking at me right now, manning a petrol browser in, oh, a, oh, yeah. in a yeah episode <laughs> yeah. of that pizza. Anyway, moving on. We're getting very sidetracked. So, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the line in that that I actually said was, police, there hasn't been police here since Sting moved out. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, right. Completely (laughs) off topic there. All right, Todd, give us a quick. You've got four, three and a half minutes. Three and a half minutes. All right, American Graffiti is yeah, well, coming of age movie. Mm. Um, you guys actually do this seriously? Yeah, you know, know, on Empty was very serious. We actually said things like it was a love story, and I wasn't allowed to crack any jokes about Deborah Conway. But anyway, (laughs) moving along again. How is a love story? <laughs> Mike meets Julie. Yeah. They fall in yeah. love. You know? I, I guess in the same way that Midnight Spares is a love story. It is. There you go. <laughs> so is this a love story, Todd? Actually, it is partly. There you go. Because two of the main characters bust up during the movie to get back together. The two friends you made. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um... I, I sort of see this movie as, as more of a, a coming-of-age, definitely, because it's graduation. Yeah. Um, but, uh... Just a snapshot of a, a different era mm. when you could have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And... We weren't obsessed with political correctness. Yeah, certainly, <laughs> certainly. So, and and also, and also the dangers of street racing. Yeah. Yes, of course. Highlighting the dangers of street racing. Why you should never do it. Children out there, don't do it. Definitely. Um, I'll do the real brief version now. It's um, they uh, basically a bunch of friends that go to school together, hang out at the diner. Uh, one of their mates has a C2 Ford. Pistolito. Yeah. Gallon. Pistolito's coupe. John. John? John Milner. Um, and he is pretty much the fastest thing in the valley. He is. Um, and then uh, during some series of events, they all, well, have adventures, I get dare say, and there's police chases involved and cruising down the strip and stuff like that. Uh, and then uh, a 55 Chev comes in from out of town. And Good challen- Harrison yeah. Ford. And then challenges... Uh, Milner. Milner to a race. Um <laughs> Thanks, Tom. And uh, eventually it culminates in this race that uh, doesn't go so well for the 55 Chef. No, but the 55 was winning. Yeah, the 55 Milner, was Milner winning. Milner even admits that. So, uh, yeah, that's a very brief version of American Graffiti. Um, basically, go watch it. Yeah, it is a great movie. and uh, The cars in it are <laughs> awesome. You so. know, you know that was a good review, but you completely missed the plot of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, it cars in it. That's what we're, we're a car show, okay? <laughs> it also had a nice classic Mercedes in there. It had some Dodge Police cars, I believe. Uh, what else did it have? Um, it was it a Cadillac convertible or Lincoln the, convertible? The, the, the center, the main character, the centerpiece of the movie was struggling with the decision of whether to stay and pursue his love interests. Yeah. The girl driving the... Uh, Thunderbird, was it? Th- yeah, oh, the sorry, the Thunderbird, not Mercedes. 19, it was a Thunderbird. 1955 or 56 Thunderbird yeah. Yeah. with the opera windows. Yes. Yep. <laughs> That's right, sorry. I didn't even watch it, Todd, and I remember. Oh, you saw Fly away to college. Yep. Yep. And let's add, he was flying away to college to be a draft dodger. Who? 
Was Mate, he? Yep. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. No, he, he got a scholarship. Yeah, and that means he'd have to go to Vietnam. So if he didn't take the scholarship like he didn't want to, he would have, would have had to have gone to Vietnam. I didn't re- do you reckon that's the subplot of the movie? Yep. Wow, that's deep. <laughs> it is pretty deep. That's deep. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, look, on that note, we'll, we'll, um, we'll take a break here and we'll be back with more... What are we coming up? What's coming up? Oh, yeah, we're going to talk Mitch Lana and his drift event. Yeah, Darwin. Up in Darwin. Yeah. And... Um, couple of other things so we'll be back right after this okay episode 64 of the talk and power podcast i'm nick dechembry with simon travellini and todd brinkworth where we are transmitting on 88.5 <laughs> fm where the valley comes alive and podcasting through stitcher itunes soundcloud spotify and wherever you get your good podcasts from all right i'll tell you todd um the drift state of origin was on this weekend yeah so, that's, that's right well, the weekend's gone yeah the young man we've had sitting here a couple of times now yes. mitch lana mitch lana went up we went up there can you give us a rundown on how we went yeah sure um Firstly, I'd like to thank Mitch, who listened to the show. Um, your Instagram and your YouTube videos gave me a good run-by-run of yeah, what very, happened. Very detailed. Yeah, yeah he, he, you're very detailed. You're getting a lot better at Mitch. Thank you. So uh, he yeah. does a lot better job than you do, Nick. Thank oh, you. Oh, <laughs> no comparison. No compare. I didn't even put myself in the same league. And uh, I was actually also a bit slack. I should have rang him and had a chat to him, but I didn't. But hey, he, he is a a racer, and you are a uh, just a guy, reporter, journalist, or you know, media representative. Yep. And and I get more information from following him. Yeah. Well, thanks, Simon. Yeah. <laughs> There's some standouts going on the. Uh, yeah, there is. This is right now. The oh, yeah, he's busy at the football club. But yeah. yeah. Well, what's my excuse? I was busy sleeping. They don't even run the canteen. They get a guy in. <laughs> what does he do there? They FIFO a guy in for the canteen. I was, I was, uh, anyway, carry on. Carry, carry on. We digress. Um, yeah, apparently he uh, went up there to drive a turbocharged S13, being lent to him by another competitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, took it out for one run uh, and blew the diff. So... Uh, was handed the keys to a supercharged S13, LS powered supercharged oh, yeah. S13. Yeah. And uh, there you go, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> we were, just off yeah, air, we were talking about some crazy <laughs> ideas. I have many, and a lot of my friends that listen now know I have many. <laughs> so we just add it to the crazy idea list of mine. Um, one J's out. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's take the SR out first to put the one J in, take the one J out to put the LS in. But anyway, that sounds another... like some sort of kids' game. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Put the SJ in. <laughs> <laughs> you do the hokey pokey <laughs> and you move around um wow anyway and uh apparently yeah he did 193 kilometer hour backwards entry drift oh jesus and uh again thanks to mitch's youtube and instagram watch the video so um at mitch lana um triple one i believe it is mm, that's correct yep Yep, um, on Instagram, and I think it's the same on YouTube. I can't remember. Sorry, Mitch. He, um, the video is just wild. Like I've seen many crazy drift entries, just wild. So, uh, yeah. After that, he had a 
pretty fortunate weekend with well mixed results and ended up um, being in the top four. But broke a gear knob on an upshift on the second last corner that put him out of the well, sort of final battle, so to speak. And that was his weekend. So uh, it's amazing how these small things just seem to two dollar part, Nick. Mm, yeah, two dollar part. So I um, didn't have a chance to look over much for his, his qualifying runs. I did see his final runs for the day, and they, again, great to watch on Instagram and YouTube from the guys up there. So who won? Jake O'Mara taking out the title. And, and he was from. It doesn't actually say the state here, believe it or not. <sighs> <laughs> This is, a, this is like going to a Ford versus Holden event and a Valiant wins. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a state of origin, but we don't know what his state of origin was. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe the state was a, a reference to something else rather than a, a geographical reference. Possibly it was a state of mind. Anyway, we'll move on. We'll move on, Todd. We'll move on. Yeah, no, no worries. Because um, I'm killing it. I'm killing it. Yeah. <laughs> Nick's getting upset. No, no, I'm not getting upset, but we're not we're not finding the info that we need here. So anyway, we'll move on. We'll move on. Hey, new, we'll have a new website coming your way shortly. I'm still working on that at the moment, but some big changes there. It's going to be more news-orientated as well. So um, I'll have a, all the information. I'm not, not particularly happy with the website. we have a classified section as well. We can do if you want. Talking Power classifieds. <laughs> we can Advertise do. Advertise your car on Talking Power. <laughs> But yeah, new section rolling through, gallery, um, also all of our podcasts will be catalogued a little bit better there as well. We, we and, could do, we could do like they, they do on uh, uh, the pod filter. Oh yeah. Bargain of the week. Bargain, yeah, 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 we can <laughs> do that. Bargain of the week. Yeah. Fun, fun for 5k. There you go. Fun for 5k. On the oh, pod filter. <laughs> so anyway, that's um, that's ha- that'll be coming soon. I'll, as soon as we get closer with that, I'll let you guys know when that comes out. Andrew Rulebook was released this week as well, so head on over to the Andrew website and you can see the latest rulebook. Yeah, I haven't I haven't had a chance to look at it. I've heard a lot of people make noise about roll cage rules changing, but mm. I haven't actually. Um, I haven't read it either, and I haven't got the hard copy in the mail yet, but that's okay. Um, and speaking of Andrew, round one will be at Hidden Valley, August three and four. Sorry, Alice Springs. Yeah, I was My apologies. Say, Alice. Round one's in Alice Springs, inland dragway. <laughs> round uh, two is in Hill. Yeah, that's Hidden correct. Valley. Yeah, Hidden, Hidden Valley, and round three is Sunset Strip in Mildura, which is September twenty-one and twenty-two. Come on, say it. What's that? <laughs> no calendar for four hundred thunder. But let's just briefly touch on that. I don't want to dwell on it too long, but there's there's still no calendar for the four hundred thunder. Does that mean there's no events? I'll just I'll preface what I'm saying with this. This time last year, they had their first round up at Hidden Valley. Mm-hmm. It was the opener? It was the 14th of July. I, I would say I'm not a gambling man, but if I was going to throw a bet down, mm. <laughs> um, I would say the Hidden Valley can't budget to have Thunder 400 there. They don't I don't have the money. I don't think you're talking out of school when you say that. But I don't, we'll prefer, I don't think we'll they got the money. We'll preface that with saying that we don't know that. Yeah, we don't know that, but but I don't think they they've got the money. Um, and uh, look, everything that was promised when I was a, a Group One license holder, everything that was promised, all the deals have all 
amounted to absolutely naught. The TV now is exactly the same as it was when Mal Bully was running Andra, and uh, nothing has really changed. I think the prize money for Door Slammer has gone up a little bit from before, and that is if you actually do get paid. I'll just go on to say that the opener, sorry, not an opener, but the Aeroflow Outlaw Nitro Funny Cars will have taken their spot up there in Darwin on the 13th of July. And, you know, the Aeroflow, I mean, you know, I'm I'm not, I've always been very sceptical of the whole deal because I feel that it detracts from the big show cars, which we can't afford to run in Australia. But I will say this, you can't argue the fact that every single racetrack in Australia, the Aeroflow show, uh, it fills the bleachers. Yeah. I mean, they get capacity crowds everywhere they go. But the 400 Thunder had a capacity crowd there last year at this event. It was huge. And I'm really disappointed to that, you know, I mean, there's still no calendar and where, you know, the season in earnest should have started anyway that's not for I me think, to say I think or that, not say. That, you know whether there's a calendar or not i'm under the impression that at least one racer i've spoken to um knows where he's going to be racing so there must be some yeah an maybe official the, calendar then yeah maybe okay. the races no yeah i don't know yeah i mean um you know I, I was talking to a customer in cairns we were having a discussion of the ihra versus Andra deal and how they're finding it mm. and um, it seems like you know under Bully the regional tracks were really thriving mm. you know um, because he was bringing the show he was bringing the sportsman show to the regional tracks um, it doesn't seem to be panning out like that like in Cairns they um, the way they have it structured is is kind of like um you know, if you're quicker than this, you run in that bracket. You know what I mean? There's no real sort of structure. Yeah. If you yeah. know what I mean. Anyway. On another note, Grudgekins was unfortunately cancelled on the week. Or sorry, re- sorry, rescheduled on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, so they pushed back to the 20th of July. I've got some interesting Grudgekins gossip. We've got three minutes. Zapier was banned from running. Oh, I, I was under the impression that he chose not to go. No. They told him he couldn't race the car. Why is that? Well, they thought it was the original HQ, Mm. right? And um, he said, okay, so what's the difference? Oh, you know, that was um, standard body. And he said to him, no, the roof on that was chopped harder than the roof on this one. So, um, yeah, basically you have to have a standard dimension body standard wheelbase okay we should probably reach out to Poe and and get some clarification on that but anyway we we um on that bombshell we'll uh (laughs) we'll end this one anyway todd you got anything to finish up with or um just the target west sprint yes that's right which is the precursor to target west of course in august Mm -hmm. that's uh when's the sprint it is on the... No more sound effects, Nick. That was it. That was yeah. it away. <laughs> um, 14th of July, oh, down yeah. at Cronin Wow, that's, uh, that's this weekend that's as well. That's this weekend. Yeah, so on the yeah. Sunday morning. So you've got nothing to do Sunday, Sunday morning. morning. You can go watch some guys Head, head there tomorrow morning. Mm. <laughs> Surprise yeah, yeah, everyone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Surprise everyone. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> okay, on that note, we'll finish this one. Thanks for coming in, guys. Much appreciated, Simon and Todd. And no uh, we'll see you at the next one. Thanks, Nick. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.